Canada Conversations is brought to you by Deloitte Canada, helping you navigate the complex challenges your company faces through recovery and enabling you to thrive in the new normal. To learn more, visit Deloitte.ca. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the September 11th, 2020 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Well, folks, we find ourselves at an interesting point in this pandemic, perhaps as many questions now as ever. Will there be a second wave of COVID-19? And if there is, how bad will it be and what will it do to the economy? And what about that economic rebound, particularly in automotive sales? Did August sales numbers tell the entire story? Will the fall, traditionally seen as the second selling season, materialize and perhaps even recoup some of the losses from spring? And are government incentives still needed now that we've seen at least retail sales rebound since March and April? We'll get the answer to those questions and more when I speak with Scotiabank Economics Director of Fiscal and Provincial Economics and all-around auto sales expert, Rebecca Young, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Rebecca, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. August sales were off 9%. But there were two fewer selling days, and Labor Day weekend this year wasn't counted as part of the August numbers as it was last year. So given those two variables, how would you characterize August sales this year? I would say August sales continue to be very strong, and we have seen, um, in general across the board, a very strong rebound in the Canadian economy, stronger than anticipated. And uh, auto sales, in fact, have led the rebound in the strength and that surprise factor. So even though they were down by about 9% on a year-over-year basis um, um, after last month, which was around minus 5%, it actually, you have to tease out some of those idiosyncrasies, as you suggest. So the fact that there were fewer selling days and it didn't capture um, the, the Labor Day weekend sales and it also masks um, this ongoing trend of a slower recovery in fleet sales, which would include rental cars that continue to be depressed as a result of reduced travel. So overall, retail sales uh, of automobiles in Canada continue to be very strong in August. So fleet sales are still really the anchor dragging down the overall total sales each month. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and we only have preliminary figures that we, we, we don't publish, but we do have a sense that they are still around minus 60% year over year, whereas when you look at the numbers of, of um, the, the headline numbers of minus 9%, and typically fleet sales have comprised about 20 to 25% of all new vehicle sales in Canada. So a big chunk of, of vehicle sales had been going towards fleet so if we consider that they are still depressed, um, you know, above the minus 50% range, uh, that would suggest that retail sales are even stronger than, than what we see in the total vehicle sales. So how big of a role do retail sales play in the overall economic recovery in Canada? How big a piece of the pie is auto in that economic recovery, especially in retail? Well, it's, um, I mean, I won't overstate its, uh, its, you know, its size in, um, in total retail uh, consumption, but it is an interesting, from an economic perspective, it's an interesting indicator because it is the first one out of, of all indicators. So it is the first signal of how 
the economy is doing in any given month. And so on the first business day of the month, we get uh, data from the month prior. And so that is before we see anything else around, you know, other retail sales or jobs or, um, you know, all these typical traditional indicators that we think of. So there's a lot of attention focused as sort of a bellwether for where the Canadian economy, Canadian economy has been most recently. So who's buying these new vehicles amid this health and economic uncertainty? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen almost month to month in terms of the pandemic. And then that in in turn would affect the economy. I just wonder who has the confidence right now to go out and buy a new vehicle in this climate? There are a couple of buyers in the current environment. And so, first of all, what we are seeing is certainly signs of of pent up demand that has been playing out since most dealerships were closed in uh, back in April and in parts of May across the country. So we're certainly seeing over the sort of the June, July, August period, there would be uh, buyers that simply needed uh, vehicles and they couldn't purchase them at the peak of the pandemic. But that alone wouldn't explain the strength that we are seeing and continue to see in Canadian auto sales. So we're looking very carefully and trying to assess what what extent there's been new demand creation. So to what extent have there been, are there Canadians out there that um, are fearful of taking public transit or ride sharing? And we're seeing those um, those fears playing through in various surveys, including car gurus in June, they polled Canadians and about 50 percent uh, continue to report they will either stop using or reduce use, reduce using these other modes of transport. So we may very well be seeing, you know, this this fear factor of, of, um, of Canadians that are now purchasing a vehicle because they don't want to use other modes of transport. But I think I would then just add, you know, more to. Um, you know, the, the, the financial health of Canadians that um, I would mention two factors. And one is that, you know, it hasn't been an even impact on Canadian households, this pandemic. And unfortunately, it has been service sector that's hardest hit. And these tend to be lower wage um, uh, uh, positions. And so there is a good portion of Canadians that haven't been um, affected by the pandemic. And in fact, we are seeing on aggregate that, um, you know, the transfers from the government through things like the CERB, the, you know, the income replacement program or the child benefit transfers, uh, a variety of these transfers have actually exceeded income losses on aggregate. So there are a portion of Canadian households that are actually financially better off now than they had been prior to the pandemic. And so we are likely also seeing some of those uh, Canadians feeling a bit more confident, having more you know money in their bank account and, and deciding to make these discretionary purchases now. I'm going to jump to this question. I had a couple more, but it, it ties in with what you just said. Someone told me the other day that with all this money the government is handing out, it's almost like a manufactured or fake economy right now. What do you say to that? Do you believe that or what happens when this runs out? I I definitely believe that what we are seeing is not sort of a sustainable strength in in the rebound. And I think that there is general consensus that what we've seen over the summer is really policy fueled um, rebound. And so lots of government transfers, um, you know, policy rates have dropped. So financing for things like vehicles and houses are are lower, not to mention that pent up demand. So that just that mathematical when you stop buying and then, you know, 
Canadians start to buy again, mathematically, you'll see this, you know, this rebound. So it's, you know, I think that I, I would agree that it is, um, you know, it is a, a temporary phenomenon. Even that said, it is still stronger than what we had expected. And so the big question um, remains, how much does that slow down? And we think that um, GD, the GDP recovery or the path of economic recovery will only achieve pre-crisis levels out in 2022, and we will continue to see um, elevated unemployment. So we think as the fall sets in that we will start to see some of the more tr these traditional factors such as unemployment weighing on auto sales and less of this, you know, very enthusiastic purchasing patterns that we're seeing over the summer. Um, I spoke with uh, the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association earlier this week, and it says it still needs the government to incentivize sales through either tax holidays or a scrappage program, something to get people buying new cars. Is that really needed right now, given the recovery and rebound we've seen to date and given the money that you just mentioned that's already out there? Do we need the feds to come up with some sort of EV incentive or scrappage program or tax breaks to get people buying new cars? Well, I would first start from just a broader economic perspective that we don't think from an economic perspective that the economy needs more fuel right now. It doesn't need more stimulus on an aggregate perspective. And so, you know, they have announced a deficit of close to $350 billion. They've since added another $40 billion to that. Um, we think that that is, um, you know, is sufficient to, you know, to the path that we're on right now. So the economic recovery has been stronger. It's got lots of risks on the, you know, on the horizon. But the money that's already gone out to households, along with, you know, probably at least 100 billion of the announced programming that still hasn't been dispersed yet. And so that's going to continue to fuel through to or feed through to Canadian households. And so that should, you know, uh, on on the whole, uh, help the, you know, help this recovery. And so, you know, really put a floor under, you know, under some downside risks. But to, you know, to your point of um, EVs in particular, we do know that the federal government has announced some very ambitious targets, but they haven't laid out a plan of how to get there. And so I think that, um, you know, that I think that we can expect to see more from, from the federal government in this regard, because still, you know, there's still cost um, um, barriers to getting higher purchase or to increasing demand for EVs in Canada, not to mention infrastructure um, gaps in, in terms of things like charging stations. So I think that, you know, that can be expected this fall in the speech from the throne and the budget that we should see more details on how they plan to achieve these ambitious targets. We'll hear more from Rebecca Young, the Director of Fiscal and Provincial Economics at Scotiabank Economics right after this short break. The COVID-19 pandemic has had an unprecedented impact on the world's population and economy. Social distancing and self-isolation measures have taken consumers out of the auto retail market, while concern over worker safety continues in manufacturing facilities globally. An increasingly distressed supply base is facing the potential for large-scale liquidity issues, which may lead to increased M&A activity throughout the ecosystem. Significant uncertainty remains around the permanence of current consumer behaviors and the extent to which they will be able to re-engage with the sector. Through Deloitte's State of the Consumer Tracker series, we discuss timely data and trends and highlight key consumer insights. We also explore how behavioral preferences take shape over time to allow businesses to make strategic decisions in this dynamic market environment. 
The ongoing survey results are also available via an interactive dashboard, the Deloitte Global State of the Consumer Tracker. Check in every two weeks to explore new consumer insights and emergent trends. Welcome back to the podcast, where I am joined by Rebecca Young, the Director of Fiscal and Provincial Economics at Scotiabank Economics. We often hear of consumer confidence. I just wonder how much of a role the sort of mental game plays in making a new vehicle purchase amid a pandemic, amid what might be, or people have already said, is a recession. So how much of this is a mental thing when when the economy is going out to buy new vehicles? How big of a role does that play? Confidence is definitely a very big role. And so, you know, and it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so if Canadians are worried about the future, worried about the Canadian economy and worried about their own jobs, what we typically see in, in downturns is that they start saving money because they, you know, and they save it on a precautionary basis with the expectation that things are going to get bad, they might lose their job. And so they stop buying things like uh, automobiles. And so, you know, it is definitely a very important um, uh, factor to look at. Now, what we are seeing is that, um, um, you know, there has been a turnaround in how Canadians feel about, you know, their own pocketbooks. It's still, you know, it's still below pre-pandemic levels, but it is heading in the right direction, but still with, you know, a lot of trepidation and, in fact, a deterioration, a very modest deterioration in how Canadians feel um, about a second wave as they watch, in particular, what's going on in the U.S. Um, and, and I would just touch then on this idea of precautionary savings because we're actually seeing something, you know, quite unique and phenomenal in in this particular crisis, which is the Statistics Canada data showed that Canadians' um, households' savings rates shot up to 28% from about 3% pre-pandemic level. And to put that in perspective, in the um, in the global financial crises, that savings rate shot up to about eight or nine percent, and that was considered a very big leap. And so, you know, Canadians were saving on this, you know, kind of fear factor. Um, but I would caveat that this, you know, this high peak, 28 percent is, you know, a tremendous spike. Uh, it's been a combination of, you know, Canadians getting more transfers from governments and also just not being able to purchase uh, during the peak of the pandemic. And so I would say, you know, I read that indicator with a grain of salt in that it may not, you know, it's not necessarily negative about, you know, that it's a fear factor. Um, and in fact, it could be a positive as Canadians start to unwind those savings and start to go out and and spend some of this, um, you know, this this money in their bank account, essentially. So what does the fall selling season uh, look like in Canada? What lies ahead for Canadian dealers in the next three or four months up until maybe Christmas? I'm actually more optimistic for, you know, the fall season for auto sales for a number of reasons. Um, You know, first of all, is that I think that in Canada, we, you know, we have so far managed the pandemic relatively well. We are starting to see some upticks in in cases um, across the country, but it's still, you know, not at the level that we're seeing, you know, south of the border or in, you know, other major economies in the world. So I think there is this, you know, this playing in our factor. But more importantly, on the policy front, um, I think that, as I mentioned, we already have a lot of money that will continue to flow um, through the system. But we also had uh, um, about two or three weeks ago now the new announcement um, by the new finance minister 
the extension of the CERB, basically. Um, it's the Canada Recovery Benefit, but it provides Canadians with the confidence that over the next year, if they lose their job again in a second wave, they can count on uh, another 26 weeks of, um, of of support at $400 a week, and they can still earn up to 38000 a year. So I think that that in itself um, should give Canadians a fair amount of confidence if they are thinking about making a purchase that, uh, you know, they, they know that they have a bit of an insurance on, on the job front. And so I think that that will um, bode well for a bit of a continuation of these strong sales that we are seeing in the summer bleeding into the fall. And, and so I expect it'll be later in the winter and, and, and in the new year that we start to see more of this slowdown in Canadian auto sales. So if nothing changes, if there is no second wave, if we sort of maintain this path, I mean, I'm not even sure how you even at this point can can make the predictions you make, but that's why you're the the expert in the position you were in. Um, I just wonder how many new vehicles do you now forecast to be sold in Canada this year? We have 1.6 million new vehicles penciled in right now. And, you know, and to put that in perspective, last year it was 1.92 million. Uh, peak sales for Canada are just above 2 million. So 1.6 million still is a very, you know, depressed uh, sales year. But it's certainly, you know, if you had asked me this question, um, you know, two months ago, three months ago, it would have been far more dire. So we have, you know, we've continued to update our, our, our forecasts. I would say there's, you know, a bit of upside in, in these forecasts. My 1.6 million is based on uh, seeing sales over the, the rest of the year bumping around minus 5 to minus 10% um, um, for the rest of the year. So we may see more upside surprise there, but we also may see substantial downside risk. And so, you know, apart from, you know, these, you know, the, even apart from the uh, corona COVID 19 risk. We do have uh, other geopolitical risks south of the border, particularly related to the U.S. elections, that could really throw a wrench into baseline economic projections. So, you know, so 1.6 million is, you know, I think a reasonable expectation, possibly a little bit higher if everything goes well, but, you know, definitely quite a bit lower if things don't. And, and what happens if there is a second wave of the virus. What does that do to the Canadian economy and the auto industry in particular? It certainly uh, would dampen growth overall. Um, we don't in our in our baseline. We do assume that there will be outbreaks um, across the country, and we're already seeing that. But what we have learned um, as as a country and as uh, cities and communities is how to um, quickly identify and isolate cases and contact tracing. And so our assumption is that's how we are going to manage through a second wave, is that we are going to see a very sort of bumpy pattern where we may have uh, some facilities shutting down or operating at lower capacity, um, you know, so, but we don't see these broad-based shutdowns that we saw in the uh, in the first wave. And so we do have a bit of that, you know, already incorporated into our economic outlook. Um, and, you know, but obviously if there is a very serious outbreak uh, that does require more broad-based shutdowns, then, you know, we are, you know, we're talking about a whole different scenario that, you know, that would be, you know, quite a bit more negative than what we're seeing. 
let's hope that doesn't happen. If there are outbreaks, they're contained and small, and uh, we get through this as not just an industry, but uh, as a country, uh, as an economy. And uh, we'll check in with you in the new year to see where we finished if we're around that 1.6 million. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Always a pleasure having you on the podcast. You're our first two-time guest, and I thank you for that. Thank you for having me back again. We reached Rebecca in her home office in Halifax. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. And that does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you join us next time. So long, everybody.